What is good, Ambush? And welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the DTP. I am the Colton G. And this week on Desert Tiger, I am joined by rapper and hip-hop artist Crossed Out. As we talk all about his new single, Edges, and a whole bunch of other topics as well. We're even going to give you a brief bio about KO before we go into that. Before we get there though, there's a few things that I want to go ahead and take care of to ask you the ambush. Have you guys gone and checked out our YouTube page yet? We've recently started releasing a vlog there. Yeah, I think we're like five or six episodes deep. We've done a whole bunch of fun stuff. You can find that over at Colton G Desert Tiger, and you can join all the fun that's happening there. You can also go and check out ILoveDTP.com because we recently got in a bunch of new merchandise. That's right, some snapback hats, some cuffed beanies for all of you Am Bush, you loyal Desert Tiger listeners who love supporting the show, and we thank you so very much for doing so. We even have to take a moment to shout out our friends at Fight TV because they are the premier combat sports streaming app and a website for all of your boxing, pro wrestling, and mixed martial arts needs. That's right, Fight TV. You can find them in your app store right now. You can even check out AEW's Double or Nothing event this Saturday, May the 23rd on that Fight TV app. All right, let's get into a bio about Crossed Out. There was no other choice. Sometimes the love of music is so deeply ingrained. The need to express yourself so keenly felt, no matter the cost. Coming out of Campbellford, Ontario, he started early. Some kids treat piano lessons like a chore, but he treated them like a lifeline, a way out. He grew up and fell in love with bass, soon studying every aspect of music and lyric writing. He found himself deconstructing sound, what worked and what didn't. Like so many frustrated small-town kids, he found a voice in influences. When he grew up, he got out, and he started creating a voice all his own. Moving to Toronto, Crossed Out began to work obsessively, both in the studio and on stage. Finding the sound that has become uniquely him, slowly, he became known as the live performer who could convert a crowd in a hurry. Doing the rounds in small clubs and performing in front of a drunk audience more times than he can count. Crossed Out has found himself crisscrossing the country performing in venues from British Columbia to Quebec to New Brunswick and back again. Bringing an energy and a passion so even the people in the back with no idea who he was sure knew by the time he hit that last note. Now his upcoming album, Phone Calls with Ghost, will serve as a reminder of what he's achieved and how far he still wants to go 
It is the culmination of the sound and ideas he has been developing. Since he first tentatively touched a piano key in Campbellford, all those years ago, where hip-hop crosses punk, where introspective writing crosses house party anthems, where a small-town upbringing crosses big-city ambition, where the work so far crosses the work still to come. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, please a welcome crossed out to the Desert Tiger podcast. And please give it up for his new single, Edges. I don't know, I don't know anymore, but it's cold outside. So cold I can see my breath, choking on the words you said. One glass and phone text to make amends, but I'm wasted with my friends. Your calls are ringing, ringing, ring again.
the Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello, Ambush, and we are here with Rapper Crossed Out. We actually tried recording this conversation a few weeks ago, but something happened on my end that was a complete mystery, and it just didn't end up working out. But that's okay, because some things ended up working out for the benefit. Crossed Out actually just ended up recently announcing a new single. It drops today. It's called Edges. We're going to be getting all into what the single's about and all about Crossed Out as well. How is it going today, K.O.? It's going good, man. How you doing? I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling mighty fine. It's a nice sunny day out here in British Columbia. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice sunny day here too in uh, in Montreal. Ooh, in Montreal. Beautiful. Beautiful. I haven't been there since 2014. It's a lovely city. Dang, yeah, that's actually when uh, I I lived here for the first time. Uh, I was I was going to school here. All right. So uh, yeah, things have changed, but not not too much has changed. It's uh yeah, it's a nice city, man. Love it. Nice, beautiful. Well, let's get into how you ended up getting back to Montreal. How you went into school there. Let's get into the start of your music process. Let's begin with your piano at an early age. Your uh, choir, your worship music background. <laughs> yeah dude uh um so i wanted to play guitar when i was um much younger because my dad played guitar and i thought it was cool and so my dad uh was instead of just signing me up right away to play guitar he was like well you're gonna play piano first um so now that way you can learn music theory so that's kind of what happened uh, and then I ended up just playing piano for for years, you know, learning whatever music theory. Um, and then uh, honestly, it just kind of like transitioned into into other instruments. Mm-hmm. So you originally wanted to play guitar, but you ended up playing bass, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so it was around like I was like fifteen or something. <clears throat> uh, I think what had happened was like I was messing around. We were like building kind of like a sound room. And uh, there was like a, a like a base in a, a storage area that my dad had had, and I didn't even know he had it. And I pulled it out. I was like, "Yo, this is cool. This is like a dope base." Mm. Um, and I just kind of like it was around the time like my other friends were starting to experiment with like other instruments as well. Like my my buddy who um, he had picked up playing drums, uh, and so and was starting to fiddle around with guitar but not too seriously then so yeah and we just kind of were jamming uh and then i just ended up yeah like picking up the bass at first because i was like oh man this is a pretty like simple instrument in terms of like like relatively to like actual guitar so instead of learning chords i just have to learn like where the g is and uh and that was my thinking and then like once i i picked it up i started learning more about it it was just like kind of just this um infectious thing okay so were you jamming with your dad at all since he was a guitar player and you started out with one of his basses uh i mean i would play piano in like worship stuff um at like church (laughs) at an early age with my dad but then like i guess like when i was playing bass like i played around like with him like a little bit but not 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 too much no Hmm, okay. Yeah. So those first groups, um, 
were was that also a lot of worship music involved with them as well? Yeah, so what had happened was basically so like when I when I started picking up like when I like left the the piano cuz like piano was like cool um but honestly like no one uh enjoys being like the piano player in a band, right? I mean, uh it's like less cool than being the bassist and there's a lot of jokes being made about bassists. Well, and piano wasn't necessarily cuz like in the 70s there was piano player in almost every band, but in the 90s/2000s there wasn't almost a non-existent position yeah and yeah i know and but like even then though like the the piano player was like i don't know like did you pay attention to the piano player not really (laughs) nope like the lead singer and the guitarist and you know the drummer um the bassist was was still cool but like um yeah so like and i i i didn't want to be that and so what ended up happening was uh, I just I picked up the bass and then like within like basically two weeks of me picking up the bass I my buddy was playing in a in a worship band and uh, I was like yo because so he had been moved from like drums and then they went to bass because they needed a bass player and then he went to playing guitar and then so I walked up to the other members and was like yo, you guys need a bassist. And they're like, yeah, we do. I'm like, I could play bass, even though I really couldn't. And then they're like, okay, cool. Come by, like, next week. I'm like, all right, great. So then I had a gig playing bass, and then that just kind of spawned me, like, I was kind of forced to know how to play bass, at least, like, rudimentary bass, and then kind of work from there. Okay, so as you're progressing into that, I know that now you're not really in... Your music style definitely isn't within that worship uh, realm. So when do you begin to start bridging out with your playing music? What When do you start learning things that are outside of that world? I mean, I'm, I was like getting influenced by rap music early on. But, you know, coming from the, the Christian household, uh, it's like, you know, uh they're not too fond of of that kind of music Mm -hmm. but so i you know i'm sneaking it in uh my buddy was a big like i had like multiple friends that were like huge into like metal music and stuff um so then like i'm listening like he's he's a big fan of tool got me into rage against the machine and like once that happened it was like just uh crazy um so i started like just getting influenced by that. And then, so like that was influencing my rapping that I was also doing at the Mm -hmm. time. So I'm playing bass, like in like worship bands, but then I'm listening to like rage against the machine and like writing like political raps and like, you know, uh, thinking like I'd fight the system and just like all of that other stuff is starting to to happen at the same time. Right. Okay. So that, uh, rap rock influence of the 90s and moving forward sort of that and then moving into Linkin Park from there type thing was a very big influence then yeah and and like you know the the so like you know the Linkin Park the uh, honestly like a lot of like the alternative bands from the mid 2000s there was like like the punk bands from the 80s uh, like grunge as well, like like Nirvana and 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 like uh, you know Soundgarden and mm-hmm. um, and like those guys 
uh, all coming into play as well because it was very much around like that like that time and then uh yeah and like so and then at the same time like we were my buddy liked this kind of music i liked this kind of music but it was like the other people that were like part of the worship band and and stuff like weren't like weren't into it uh so then we would like i'd go over to his house or he'd come over to my house and like we would just like jam out and like like learn songs uh there was one point where like like every time i went over to his house like he'd he'd learn like a new riff like from a metal song on guitar uh so then i I was forced to play it so like one time i went over there and he learned he had learned panic attack by dream theater Uh, (laughs) so uh then the next time i went over and like he's playing it i'm like i'm playing like i'm following it along it's like rusty but i'm like i'm getting it and Mm. uh yeah it was that that was so much fun yeah, it's just like, here here here's just a John my own baseline. Here you go. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's like cuz he's just into like so much technical stuff and then like so then uh and I just wanted to be able to keep up with him when we jammed. Yeah, and then so he would like yeah, and then you know Red Hot Chili Peppers, he'd be playing like Snow and uh you know and then we'd have to like sit down and I learned the baseline for snow. Um, yeah, it was so much fun, dude. Awesome. So you said that like your family and otherwise weren't necessarily like, so Red Hot Chili Peppers, I can see maybe getting away with something like that, but the hip hop and some of the metal, maybe a little bit less. So like, it's a lot easier to get away with maybe hiding songs in the iPod age, but were you listening to, um, any Christian hip hop as a way to possibly get around this as well? that's how i uh that's how i started yeah uh, one of like my like elementary school friends had brought over this like he was like part of the church and like he brought over this album by kj52 uh it was pretty big back in the day of like christian hip-hop mm-hmm. and so i kind of just got like super into that for like a really long time um so like and my parents were okay with that. But they were still, like, on the fence because it was hip-hop music. And obviously, it's like, where does this go? It's a gateway. <laughs> it's a gateway drug. <laughs> uh, and that's what happened, man. Um, and so, you know, like, uh, just, like, sneaking in, like, eventually, like, Eminem albums. And then finding out, like, you know how to listen to that? So, well, I already know all the lyrics on it, so too late um you know just like things like that and and yeah because of the ipod age you know you're able to like borrow someone's like someone's cd and burn it and like label it like bob marley like like untitled track eight and you just have like a whole bunch of untitled tracks and you just like memorize where where they are in the songs uh and then you play that that was kind of the stuff that i was doing Okay, awesome. So you ended up going to Montreal, like you mentioned earlier, for music production. Was this while you were still playing bass or while you were uh, starting to make your progression into hip-hop? Honestly, like the older I got, the more and more I was advancing in in my hip-hop writing. I still would like, you know, I thought I was like pretty dope at it, but I was like, I was still working. And um, so I was just playing more and more bass, really. But I was still, like, writing songs. So I was, I was always writing. And um, 
so then, yeah, once I moved, like, I moved to Ottawa, kind of mo- schlepped around there for a little bit, and then decided that, like, just going to audio school as, like, a, a thing because, you know, you have to go to school, really, and I didn't want to go to school for something uh, I didn't really want to do. So that was the whole point of me just going to audio school in Montreal is that there was one there there was like they were opening up in September so it was just kind of like all right let's do it and and so I did and um and yeah so I was still playing bass Mm -hmm. and I was like and that that was like I ended up playing for a reggae band for like two weeks um trying out for I know yeah uh pretty much trying out for a punk band and then like forming my like own kind of band that like we did some stuff for like a few months and it was like just fell apart. Um, and then that was like, really, it's like, you know, having bands is like annoying. So it was more of like, and just like always wanting to do my own stuff. Mm-hmm. That was, that was what I was realizing more and more. Yeah. It's always nice to have like a group to write with and do everything else on, but when you're relying on everyone else's dreams, goals, and work ethic, sometimes it doesn't always exactly work out the way that your uh, vision foresees everything going. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like you know, to have a have a band is is really cool, and when it works, it works. But when uh, it doesn't, it doesn't like at all. So you know, I was super serious, and maybe like I just like had a different um, approach as to like where the music like my music should go and like uh you know i just had like such a passion to to do music i basically like do anything to be around it so that was just like yeah okay awesome so you had mentioned that you had been began writing some hip-hop some politically based stuff earlier on so now that you're out in the world of music production at what point do you start actually trying to record your own music and how do you go about going into it did you have like any feet in the door or did you have to sort of go because like were you producing your own beats how are you going about finding those because it's always um it's a whole different world from the band world that you were working in before yeah absolutely i never really produced my own stuff i know what i want to hear uh and so like you know i'll try and capture a vibe and like get a couple of songs and like the people i work with will reverse engineer a song sort of like to capture like that vibe like not like rip it off obviously but but so when i was in montreal that was when i definitely became more and more serious about rap music you know i had the friends around me that were like yo like like freestyle like right now and uh, you know like still like shy like you know coming from campbellford like you're the only person that raps so you don't like have that much of competition you've always just like been inside the notebook so it's like bringing that out is something entirely different Mm -hmm. um and then that like once like that starts happening more and more you're like man that like that that was cool and they were like you know help you grow a little bit more and uh yeah like we were we would record like a couple of things just fucking around inside the um uh like the the recording labs that we had at the school Mm -hmm. um but nothing like super serious kind of came out of it um you might be able to find the song that we did back then online i think it's out there somewhere (laughs) so if someone wants to do some digging go ahead 
And then, but honestly, man, it, it really didn't start happening more until I had moved to Toronto. That, like, that was all there. And, like, I kind of laid the foundation of, like, my rap. And then once everything had kind of died off for school, uh, Toronto was my next aim. And it had been for a while. So, um, yeah, I kind of took what I had learned in Montreal and moved to Toronto. Okay, so you get back into Ontario, but into a much larger environment now. So what exactly about Toronto was it that allowed you to um, actually pursue this effort, this passion? Yeah, um, I think it was just like straight up, like when we were in Montreal, like we did like a lot of like, uh, you know, there was like, we were, like, serious about our music, but it was still, like, it was, like, young person stuff, so we are like, fucking around a lot and, like, you know, drinking all the time and uh, just, like, parties. And then, like, when I moved to Toronto, like, I didn't have, I didn't know anybody. Um, so I was kind of forced to, like, go out there and, like, I didn't have any, like, know anybody. I didn't have any money. And so I just kind of, like, I came out on a whim because I had gotten an internship at a recording studio. And so that kind of, like, I was crashing on like my uncle's couch so to speak and then it just was like it became more and more serious because um i didn't have i guess distractions um and i just felt like you know more confident in myself the more time progressed so it just became like a growing thing like all of these things are just like little growing steps where it's like a realization and and that was what Toronto was beginning to do to me. So the more I was like interning at the recording studio and like being out there, I was still developing my raps and then just realizing that's what I that's what I want, you know? So now that we have the goal in mind, I wanna find out more about how Crossed Out went about achieving it, you know? Finding beats releasing singles and we're even going to find out more about some of those singles including the one that we're going to be playing for you right away that song is called funerals before we play that track though we have to take care of a little bit of business pay a few bills and even even tell you all about the exciting things that is happening over here at desert tiger so have you guys gone and checked out the Colton G Desert Tiger YouTube page yet? Because we've actually started a vlog over there. That's right, it is the official DT vlog. And we've been doing a lot of fun things with that, where you get to join me on things like wrestling road trips. You get to join me in a little bit of story time. And we even started recently a frequently asked questions slash ask G anything where you the ambush get to ask me anything about not only the last two and a half years of Desert Tiger but also other things as we dive into topics like my addiction and mental health you know all of those fun things so pretty much an open book with the uh, ask a G anything as you guys can see as you guys can hear we've also got some new merchandise over at ilovedtp.com but it's only gonna be there for so long because it is moving quick. How quick, so quick in fact, that we've actually started already looking into ordering more so that those of you guys who are feeling a little bit of this COVID crisis pinch, 
those of you who maybe don't feel comfortable in buying merch right now, we're gonna make sure that we have some in the store for when we get through this, but of course, those of you who do want to support the show, you can do so by heading on over to ilovedtp.com. And when you do so, you're gonna get a whole bunch of extra goodies and maybe even a handwritten note from me, myself, thanking you for your support of Desert Tiger. We also have to take a moment to shout out the premier combat sports streaming website and app. And you guys know what it is. It is Fight TV. It is where you're going to find your fix for hard-hitting boxing, mixed martial arts, and pro wrestling action. Pro wrestling action just like AEW's Double or Nothing. And that is going down May 23rd, 2020. And you can get that pay-per-view. Yeah, that's right, on Fight TV. And there's all sorts of exciting matches how about the stadium stampede match with matt hardy and the elite versus the inner circle who is led by chris jericho yeah jericho himself how about the women's world championship match a no dq a no count out match between nyla rose and hikaru shida yeah and if that's not enough action for you how about a casino ladder match for a future championship match between not one not two not one you gotta have at least two competitors you guys know what i mean but it's not two not four we got like nine different competitors in this ladder match it is going to be a car crash fall of action and you don't want to miss it and the only place that you're going to see it is the fight tv app find it in your app store not that kid that you used to know about him living life so unusual Less weddings and more of these funerals About him living life so unusual Leather jacket and ripped jeans Long hair in this whiskey I'm not that kid that you used to know So if I left, yeah, you'd never have to miss me Anymore. And you don't call home Why would the people that you gotta ignore Say that you're one of us yeah, But it's pretty clear that you're not Why? You think that you're better? You think that you're big now? Move from the small town Go and get the big stuff Not that your ego's even bigger now And you fucking forgot our names Wow, wow From that same town when nothing ever happened People with parties up like matches When I was back then Fuck those memories, you can have them Have too many weight at a fence. What? Yeah, that nobody 
be passing by, but no one ever sees me. Believe me, I'm leaning, I'm leaving. Cause I've been here too long, and I know that I can't go home. Cause I don't belong, and no one, I need no phone call. Hold on, spin with this sad song. I don't need to hear about the old me. Should be quite clear, that's what I don't need. I'm just a grown man who can't afford these groceries. Reminiscing about the old days, and I wish the ones who died didn't. If you think the grass is greener on my side, it's not. So let's get into the next step, which is finally releasing singles. What was that like? And what was the reception like from your community, which definitely, like you said, wasn't of this mindset, a very small town place where maybe change isn't exactly the ideal? Yeah, they weren't super keen on uh, on hip hop when I was growing up. I mean, not even not not just my parents, you know, like the the Christian thing, but like, you know, small town, it might be a little bit more socially acceptable now just because of how big it was, but still like when I was when I was like a teenager, hip hop wasn't like so so big. Like it was still like it was like, you know, country music and like your typical rock and pop stations. Um and then uh the only thing like to bounce their perception off of was Eminem. But, you know, I started putting out, I guess, singles. I started working with these two guys, um, Dan and Eric. I just like went over to one dude's house and we're like, like, cause I wanted to, to rap over some stuff. So I was rapping over some of Dan's stuff. And then Eric came by and we were like, chatting and then like we started like just like hanging out and like producing stuff and like working on stuff and uh and that was honestly like what how um how life of the party started happening was that like we were just like working on songs all the time and um and recording them in uh in dan's uh living room and um we kept some of the so some of the songs you hear on life of the party were like the original stuff other things we brought, like I took to another guy in Toronto, Adam, who I've worked with a lot, and I worked with a lot on on this upcoming project. Um, but so he took some of those broken ideas we had for Life of the Party and like changed them around, and like we re-recorded them and like did some some cool stuff. So then, so then yeah, and, and then I just kind of like again like you know wanted to wanted to put out singles, didn't really know how. You know, we filmed the music video for a contradiction and and then you know put it out and 
uh, didn't really do any promoting for it. And I, again, man, like, yeah, it's just, it's just growing. Like didn't, didn't know. So I'm just like, I'm learning how to do all of the stuff. So the more I do more of this stuff, the more I just like, I, I grow and like put this out and like do this and, um, and yeah. So just a very much a learning step and the beginning of the music, you were definitely using a lot of instrumentations in the production as well. At what point did you start using a live drummer on your live show and what was the idea behind doing so? I mean, because of where I come from, which is like, you know, the rock and like, uh, like grunge and, and like live instrumentation uh, kind of thing. Uh, it's always been cool to me when a rapper has a drummer on stage um, and like it's not like I have a band but like it just having a drummer adds so much more energy on stage um, and, and it's like you wouldn't think that it would be like that big of a deal but it really is like it's so crazy just to like have like another person that like is playing your stuff with like so much more energy that you than than you could bring to it in a different way and like having another person to like like i guess play with on stage you know like interact with and like tell the crowd about and and that sort of thing and uh, uh it was something i just like i had always wanted to do so the more time went on the more i got to do some of the stuff that i had wanted to do right so and that was just that was having a drummer awesome so when doing research for this, I see that you're using a lot of captions in your social media for one of your most recent singles, the first single off of your upcoming project, Calls with Ghosts, this of course being Funeral. You were previewing lyrics to this songs is like captions as early as 2018. So definitely taking a lot of the steps that you had learned with releasing a single, getting promo behind it, putting the time into it. So what has the process been like for this uh, new project and making sure that you are releasing it and giving it as much shine as you possibly can? Yeah, um, I definitely started working on, uh, on some stuff like 2018, you know, where like, playing around with uh just like having like more and more live instrumentation in the actual song instead of just like program stuff and uh you know i just kind of like started spawning from like ideas that were that were going on in my head uh kind of took this whole idea of like when you go on a road trip it's like like a scenic like taking the, the scenic route of a road trip and just like when you're in a car with somebody you're being completely honest like you just end up talking right and then you end up talking uh honesty comes out more and you're just like completely real with people and like that was the direction that i wanted to take my new music and so i guess the scenic route and was and the person in the passenger side was like my ghost and i was driving this thing and we were having a conversation and it just kind of spawned where i was like you know calling up like like all of this stuff was happening and i'm like calling up like these ghosts so like my phone calls with ghosts and uh i really was like we'd started working on some stuff like way way back i took the lyrics that i had and had brought them to adam who 
you know, worked on Life of the Party, and then we just started making uh, making songs. And uh, like way back, we you know we made funerals, and then uh, and that like automatically I knew from like what I had done like lyrically and like what he had done sonically was like I want more of that. So with everything that we started doing, um, it just kind of built on the funerals track. Like I had had this idea, we made funerals. All right, cool. And then we just kind of like set sail in that direction and started doing more and more stuff. So I started getting, he started like going harder and harder on like the instrumentation and like killing it. And then I started going like, just like as deep as I could and bringing up as much shit as I could that like, I didn't even know I had in me that like I was going through. Uh, there's like a lot of stuff that was happening, I guess, from like the point I put out life of the party till now that I had a lot to talk about. So that's what this is, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. A lot of to put forward and especially a lot otherwise. Cause I mean, just like even in funerals, lyrically and visually, it's almost like showing that moving forward moments in the video with uh even just the like with colors alone in the white and the darks and like how you shave your head and just like in the lyrics like not the kid that you used to know type thing it's very much a moving forward and this is a new direction yeah that's what that was really um it was like there's a lot that goes on in that video and in case people don't know like that like we filmed that in like uh, like a church from like my like my hometown. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm not like supposed to like name it at all because <laughs> uh, like for like reference sake, so I'll, I'll leave it out. But like, yeah, so like we we'd done that, um, and then you know just like in terms of like the lyrics, it was like you know growing up, you start like you're you're young, and like all of these people are around you that you always picture as like the same age and then you start like getting older and then you like realize like oh dang like that person got old and like you change and then like other like like people that like are like young that are like young younger than you or like younger than your dad or something like that like they die um like like it's like you know kind of crazy and like you the older you get the more you like you see life start to happen at least like if you're living life then um, you see life to have like life start happening and it's not always the best. So um, yeah, it kind of just took those elements and, and that became funerals. Hmm. Wow. So just definitely making the progression into what we're moving forward with. And then just these phone calls with the ghost. So what exactly what call do we move forward with with this new track the one that dropped today edges Whew, dude um man when i when i was talking about earlier like when i just like was like starting to go like deeper into stuff that i like had in me it happened where like we made this song in the studio and i knew what kind of vibe i wanted like I wanted something somber, but I didn't know what kind of lyrical approach I would take to it until I got it home and I started like writing and it just almost like spilled out. It was insane. And uh, really just like, it was like, 
a very this is probably the most vulnerable song i think i've ever fucking done so <laughs> uh, the whole process when like i had finished like all of the other songs i was showing other people but this song in particular i didn't show anybody i didn't like i always like i didn't even show it to um like i didn't, I didn't show it to my girlfriend i didn't show it to like really anybody dude like i just like i just kept it because i i didn't want anyone to listen to it because of how personal it was and so like there was a lot of trepidation in putting it out and then but i knew i wanted to have a metal vocalist on it as well because the the chorus was just so aggressive and uh, i had tried to sing the chorus i'm not a singer so i can't hit those notes uh, so that's when I brought it to, to Kyle Laird of, uh, as the structure fails. And, uh, and yeah, he, he brought some, some new life into it. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm really excited for this one. What's your connection to Kyle? Was this someone that you had met previously through other music ventures? Yeah, it was kind of, I, in my search for a metal vocalist, he had come up as a name so you know uh reached out to him like i'd heard his stuff and then i was like yo like that's dope so like reached out to him like you know saw him like went to go see him live and stuff and like checked him out and uh and like the band was really really dope and um and then yeah he he offered to do it so that was kind of what happened awesome so like you said that you hid this song from even your girlfriend and you've been collaborating and working with her from an artistic standpoint for quite a while have you not been yeah i always bounce ideas off of her anyways um for stuff and like like that's like what i'm saying like and like i hid the song from her like she's heard significant uh like most of the songs from the uh from the project but not this one so um yeah like we did a song way back called i don't care we still do it on stage um and we're always like hoping like trying to like do more songs together and that sort of stuff but yeah hit it from her completely huh so once you finally unveiled it to her what was her reaction like dude she still hasn't heard it oh what yeah man oh Uh, dang I think you're, like, one of the first people to really kind of hear it. Obviously, like, the people I've worked with it and, like, the mastering engineer has heard it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, the visual artist, uh, they've heard it. But uh, no one else, like, has heard this song. So. Oh, dang. Yeah. Now I feel all special inside. <laughs> yep, <man. laughs> All right, so yeah, like you said, a very metal feel to this. So was it once you had written the lyrics that you had decided you wanted that more metal aspect, or was it something that once you had created the beat and had already had that, that you knew that this was the vibe that you had already wanted to take things? Well, again, so going way back like to like what I had said, where like you know the more I do this, the more <clears throat> there's stuff that I've always wanted to do. So I've always wanted to have metal vocalists on my stuff, um, and like when it like when it works, like it's it's so cool. So that was the approach, and um, I knew it was going to be like a different kind of song for a metal vocalist to to take. But I was like really curious and really really wanted a metal vocalist on this. Like I 
I attempted to do it just to see, and but I still kind of figured that I wouldn't be able to do it, and like we get a metal vocalist. So that was that was the the whole like thing around that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I also recently saw that you've decided to postpone the release of phone calls with ghosts. Yeah. So what exactly was the thought process behind this? Honestly, dude, it's because of uh, what's been going on in the world right now. You know, like um, a lot of people are out of work, um, myself included. Uh, I don't do music. Um, like I don't make huge living off of it. So obviously, like I don't. I, I have another job. So I had been out of work because of it and so because of that like we're still mixing things like we you know you got to pay people to mix and master uh your project to make it sound good and um i want it to sound the very best and so right now we're just we're working on finishing that up and you know there's all this all the songs on there i think are amazing so why would i rush something and like not do a good job and just like put it out to meet a deadline. So unfortunately, yeah, like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to postpone it. Um, I wanted it to be out earlier, like you know, in June, but that probably is not gonna happen. So, but honestly, yeah, now I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm going with it, and like we're we're still working, and uh, you know, hopefully we get it out soon. Well, like we mentioned earlier, you've been taking your time to carefully craft this from the beginning, so it only makes sense that you continue to make sure that it gets the time that it deserves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't want to put out, uh, I, you know, don't want it to be like another contradiction music video and just like put it out and like, you know, that's that, you know, in, in terms of like my learning and growing, it's, it's important to do like as much marketing as you can behind your, your stuff. Otherwise, like no one hears it and uh, I want as many people to hear it as possible. Well, I hope as many people as possible can hear it as they can. All right, before I ask my last question, K.O., where can the listeners of the DTP find out more about you? So I got a website. It's crossedoutmusic.com. Uh, you can go there. It's updated pretty frequently. Uh, I got all my music there. So, And you can also go to my YouTube. It's Crossed Out. Um, crossed Out Music on Instagram. And Crossed Out on Facebook you know, Twitter, all of that kind of stuff. So wherever you like to go to get your music as well, like Spotify, Apple Music, I'm there. Crossed out K-R-O-S-S-T space O-U-T. Not traditional spelling. Uh, it's a K and a, and a T instead. So, yeah. Yep, K and a T. Make sure you get it right because you're going to be jamming all Night. All right, K.O. As someone who's came from a little bit of maybe a sheltered background, as someone whose background maybe hasn't exactly supported him in his new endeavor, say someone is listening to the show who is in that situation, who maybe has a passion that necessarily isn't supported by those around them, but they know deep down in their heart that this is what they want to do. What would you say to someone to help them take that step towards the path in making sure that they find and embrace the thing that makes their heart sing? Uh, yeah, so I guess when uh, what I would say is 
when I was like uh, younger and uh, I was I was like learning uh, about the music and I I knew I really wanted to do music like that was that was that was what I wanted to do and I was I was playing bass um, but I was also rapping and um, I went to go see this studio guy like this big studio guy at his studio like, like all the stuff um, and he like we were just having a chat and then he asked me like what I was what I was doing. Um, I was like, well, you know, I'm playing bass and, you know, I really like playing bass. And then, but I, you know, I also, I, I rap and like, you know, trying to do all this stuff. And he's like, okay, like good. But if you're going to like, want to be a bass player, uh, make sure you're the best bass player that you can be. And so I took that and that was right around the time that I really started tradition, uh, transitioning into rap music. So I just ended up taking that and being the best writer that I could. And um, that's what I would say to that person is that, like, whatever you want to do, um, be the best at that, you know, uh, be the best guitarist, be the best drummer, be the best bassist, rapper. You know, if that's what you want to do, then you do it. And uh, conversely, at the same time, you know, don't let anyone tell you that it's not cool and like uh like that shit sucks um because i went through so much of that uh growing up that like you know you think it sucks but um if that's what you want to do man then like you'll find a way to do it so that's what i would have to say to that person all right fantastic man i love it i love the message thank you very much thank you man thank you so much yeah, hopefully yeah. the listeners enjoy Edges. And uh, yeah, yo, yeah. thanks for this podcast, man.
to inject me You expect me to be less than best I don't start off a vest, I don't stress B I jet ski to the highest peak that you work for I get done in my leisure Motherfucker, please, you want a 16? You gotta pay like Drake, I'm fucking free I'm bust for leisure, I'm struck a seizure Move right now, motherfucker, stand back Got a pants, stand out, rainbows, anthrax I affect the masses, I demand crack Or the man snap, it's a damn rap But a man black, and a man packed All the fans, and the stand masses Who the fuck you think you is? Yo, I get rough, don't give a shit Who do you think you are? Who do you really think you are? I don't think you tough, I don't think you hard But I think you'll blink when I stand my God how in the fuck do I do this shit? When I fucking go, I lose this bitch. My scars don't show, go through this shit. To turn out dope, I grew this shit. I'm a fucking winner, I don't write for saints, but I sing for sinners. I'm a fucking wizard, I don't talk for nothing, I bust for dinner. I bust for reckless, I bust for luck, but I bust a breathless. This my yard, don't come here. Who you think you are, huh? Who do you think you are? Who do you really think you are? track that you just jammed out to that you just got down to it is called too much on my mind in the middle of the show we played funerals for you we got this whole party kicked off with crossed out to new single edges you can hear all three of those songs as well as the rest of ko's back log um yeah you guys guessed where it is it is your favorite music streaming service and when you're there you might as well hit the follow button so that when crossed out releases phone calls with ghosts you're going to go ahead and get a notification so that you can know when it is in your hands asap because that's the way that you're gonna want it to be i just know it i just know it i can feel it in my bones so with that in mind it's about time we went and gave one last roaring desert tiger podcast thank you to crossed out for joining us on today's episode of the show and sharing his journey with us. One of those roaring Desert Tiger podcast thank yous to Eric Alper for helping set the whole thing up. And last but not least, because you guys are a big old tiger too, one of those roaring thank yous to you, the listeners of the DTP, the Ambush. If you're new to the show, maybe you want to hit subscribe and join up with the ambush maybe you've hit subscribe already well maybe you want to go ahead and give us a five-star review on apple podcasts maybe you're not an apple person maybe maybe you just enjoyed this episode enough that you want to take a screenshot of it and share it on your social media whatever that happens to be and if you did so i would be so ecstatic that if you went ahead and tagged the desert tiger podcast me the colton g or most importantly crossed out spelled k-r-o-s-s-t-o-u-t so that we can show you love for not only listening to cool ass podcasts but also dope ass music yeah because you deserve love for that don't you don't you all right next week on this show we're actually gonna be throwing two episodes at you i missed one last week that is my bad, but don't worry, I'm going to be making it up to you right away with not only our regular episode on Friday, we're also going to be dropping you a bonus one on Tuesday. That's right, two interviews next week, and we're going to be joined by one of Australia's hottest country music acts, and that is the Wolf Brothers. And then we're also 
joined by Mary and Chrissy, the team behind Alt Pop Repeat, something that is quickly growing into one of my favorite podcasts, and you're going to be finding out all about that dynamic duo as well next week. It's all going down. Then, until then, you guys know what it is. I'm going to tell you to find your mountain, to climb to the top of it, to let your voice roar high, far, and as loud as it beautifully can. And then, sometimes when you're on that climb, there's going to be adversity. Rocks are going to fall out underneath you right now. Right now, we're going through a little bit of that adversity, but that's okay because we, the human beings, we are machines when it comes to adapting and we will grow and rise above this and when we do you get to your top of your mountain and then you let your voice roar as loud and as far as you possibly can and until next week bye